Welcome back. We're in Revelation chapter 15, verse 8. Let's go. I'm going to start from uh, verse 7, and then we'll pick up in verse 8. Then one of the four living creatures gave gave to the seven angels seven golden bulls full of the wrath of God who lives forever and ever. We talked about that yesterday, just to kind of finish it out. This is one of those four living creatures. Um, one of the one of the angels, special type of angel, uh, cherubim or, or seraphim, or a combination thereof, gave to the seven angels, so these different seven angels, seven golden bull, bulls full of the wrath of God. This is going to be the fullness of the wrath of God. There has been wrath that has been demonstrated and shown in the beginning of the tribulation. This will represent the fullness of the wrath of God. Remember, for those of you who are just joining us or still trying to learn the, the timeline, I'll give you my simple timeline for history and future that will hopefully put all this in perspective. And this is, I believe this is a very biblical view. I think believe there's tons and tons and tons of evidence for this. If you believe in a different timeline, that's okay. Okay, we can just agree to disagree. It's not going to cause one of us to go to heaven or one of us not to get into heaven because of how we interpret this timeline or revelation. Uh, there will be many people in heaven who have uh, who have different current interpretations of Revelation, and we'll get to heaven, and God will explain, and we'll be able to see what it what the actual <laughs> layout is. Um, but we're in the church age that began with Pentecost, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It will go through the rapture when the church is taken to heaven, and then the church will be the bride of Christ. The church will be completed that point in time. No one else will be added to the church. People will still go to heaven, but they won't be added to the church. Then the tribulation will begin. During that seven-year period, it's known as the tribulation. The second half is known as the great tribulation. They're broken up into two, three-and-a-half-year periods, which combined make seven years. The um, people who entered the tribulation have all rejected people who were living and have rejected Jesus. But during the tribulation, there will be an incredible revival. Many, 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 many people will come to Jesus to know that Jesus is a Messiah. There will be 144,000 in particular that are sealed and protected. There will be others who take the mark of the beast so that they can buy and sell and and just continue to reject God. The people who die for Jesus during the tribulation will be known as tribulation saints. At the end of the tribulation, God will come back. That is the second advent, the second coming. Then there will be a millennial kingdom on earth for a thousand years where believers will reign with Christ as kings and priests with Christ. And then there will be the new heaven and the new earth. Okay, so right here we're about to enter into the uh, great tribulation during this part of Revelation. We're looking to a future event, of course. And it says that in verse 8, the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no one was able to enter the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were completed. So the temple, this is the temple in heaven. Remember, any temple or tabernacle on earth, the Ark of the Covenant, all those things are just, if, if you will, replicas or mimics of the real thing in heaven. Kind of like uh, my parents gave me, I think I, I don't know if I, I don't think I have it anymore, but they gave me a little miniature, I don't know, maybe six inch by six inch model of the, um, what's it called, in Houston, not Coors Field, that was in near my home in Colorado, but uh, Minute Maid Park. I'm not sure what it's called now, but at the time it was Minute Maid Park, and it was a replica of the real thing. And that's what God does with the Ark of the Covenant and the Holy of Holies and 
the tabernacle and all that stuff. And of course, the we have access to God because the veil was torn when Jesus died on the cross. So this smoke, it says, filled with smoke from the glory of God. And the smoke, it refers to the Shekinah cloud, first associated with the tabernacle and then with the temple. And it says, and from his power. So the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his powerful, from his power. Remember that God is so powerful. He is sovereign. He is omnipotent, omnipotent. That means all powerful. He is the most powerful person, entity, whatever you want to refer to him as in the second, in the universe. He is God. And by God, by definition, he is the most powerful thing because he created everything. And he is far more powerful than anything that he created. We sit here with our little finite minds and we try to comprehend a infinite God. If our finite minds were able to comprehend, fully comprehend an infinite God, they would absolutely, our minds would just explode uh, because we don't have enough room to understand his true majesty and his true power. But we can take awe of it. We can glorify him and recognize that he is sovereign, that he is God and we are not. Too many people on this earth try to be worshipped through their achievements and who the, who they think they are on this earth. And we're not built to worship. And that's why you see most of those people fail. They end up miserable, sad, depressed, angry, stuck, hooked on drugs or alcohol, suicide. Just look at Hollywood as a perfect primer. Or look at uh, Wall Street and a lot of those people up there uh, may have tons of money. But uh, from what I've seen, most of them um, have pretty pretty shattered lives. If you look back at their relationships with their spouses and children and and so-called friends and stuff like that. So uh, that's not in, true of every person, but it, I think it's largely true of what uh, what I've experienced and seen. And then it says, And no one was able to enter the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were com- was com- were, sorry, were completed. So no one was, was able to go into the temple until this future point when the seven plagues of the seven angels were completed. So God uses these angels to carry out his judgments. He uses you. He uses me. He uses people on earth, even evil people, to as his instruments of judgment. He uses us um, to complete his purposes. His plans are bigger than ours. His ways are bigger and better than ours. He can see the future. We cannot. Uh, he, he lives in the past, present, and future at the same time. We do not. We have memories, some memories of the past. He has perfect memories of the past. We try to predict the future with weather and stocks and business planning and stuff, but we're just making guesses. God knows exactly what's going to play out. You know what else he knows? He knows if you're going to come to him. Does that mean if he, if he knows that you're not going to come to him, does that mean you can't? No, absolutely you can. You have the free will. Remember that salvation is offered universally, but it must be accepted individually by each person. That was one of the things that hit me in my early 30s when I was listening to a sermon and the pastor basically said, you can't, you can't inherit it. It doesn't matter if your mom loves Jesus. It doesn't matter if your grandma loves Jesus. What I'm asking is, do you love Jesus and how is that reflected in your life? And that's the question that just rattled my mind. And I came to the conclusion, no, I looked at grandma. I was like, yeah, I think she's a Christian. Mom, I think she's a Christian. Says she is, goes to Baptist church. Looked at myself and was like, well, I used to read the Bible some and used to go to church, but I really don't anymore. And you know what? God is not first in my life. He's probably not even in the top 10 or top 20. And so at that point, I made him first in my life. 
And if you love him, then you will make him first and everything will flow from that and everything will be better. I can promise you that. Verse, uh, chapter 16 now, chapter 16, verse 1. It says, Then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, Go and pour out the bowls of the wrath of God on the earth. So this loud voice from the temple, um, I believe it's God, saying to the seven angels, because he has the uh, ability and presence to be able to say that to the angels, go. And one of the most important uses of the word go that I know of in the Bible is in Matthew 20, I think it's 28, 19, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So this go for me is a very powerful word because that's one of the most powerful verses in, in the Bible and uses of the word go. And uh, Richard Stearns, or Starnes, I can't remember how to pronounce his name. Um, he ran World Vision. He wrote a book called The Hole in the Gospel. I encourage it. It's a great book. And he, he the book was centered around that theme, around going and making disciples, about mission work. And you remember, you don't have to go somewhere internationally to do mission work. Now, some of you will be called internationally to do mission work. Some of you will be called to give up your job and go and work at a church here or a Christian food bank or a Christian um, organization that's focused on wiping out and eradicating sex trade or something like that. But the majority of you listening, and myself included, um, have not been called to that and may not be called to that, but we're called to minister right where we are in our jobs. Me as a wealth manager and as an attorney, uh, you could be teacher, doctor, engineer, software developer, sales, consulting, doesn't matter. Right where you're planted, that's where God wants you to go and tell people about Jesus. That's your family at home, that's your neighbors, that's your colleagues at work, that's your clients, that's your bosses, uh, to represent Jesus. And so here he's saying, go and pour out the bowls of the wrath of God on the earth. So in just 17 verses from now, in Revelation 16, 17, the following will be declared, quote, it is done, end quote. So he will say in 17 verses, it is done. So think about that as we go through these judgments. Now, what did Jesus say on the cross? What were some of his last words? It may have been his last words. Um, I, I don't want to get that confused, so I don't want to say with declaration of that right now. Is either his last words or next to last words. He said, it is done finished, right? The work on the cross was complete to atone for your sins, to atone for my sins. Not only the sins I've done, but the sins that I will do. And trust me, I will sin again, and I will sin today. I'm almost certain of it, probably several times. Not because I want to, and I'm not excusing it. I pray that every time I sin, God convicts me, and I say, wow, thank you, God, for convicting me. Help me to turn from that. Please forgive me for that. And, and move forward because it's a lifetime of sanctification of becoming more like the, more conformed to the character of God but that doesn't negate the work that was done on the cross it was absolutely complete and here we're talking about the full wrath of God being poured out and he, he says 17 verses from now it is done the mystery of God is about to be complete we read about the mystery of God in Revelation 10 7 six chapters ago it said but in the days of the sounding of the seventh angel when he is about to sound, the mystery of God would be finished as he declared to his servants, the prophets. And 
a second. All right. Servants of God had cried to God asking when it would be finished. And this is about to happen. You remember that? They were crying. They're like, oh God, when are you going to avenge our death? And it's about to happen, right? For those who've wronged me, there's two things. One, I do take solace knowing that their time will come for how they've hurt me. Whatever it may have been, physical, emotional, mental, financial, any of that, it actually gives me solace knowing that there will be vengeance on them. But number two, my prayer is that there will be no vengeance for them because they come to Jesus. I want to see those people in heaven. I want to see them there and walk up to me and say, Mike, I'm sorry for how I hurt you. I accepted Jesus and he forgave me. And I'll just say, awesome, brother. Let's spend eternity together. And there's going to be people that I'm going to get to go to in heaven that I have hurt in this lifetime. And I'm going to just kind of see myself in heaven walking up to them and saying, hey, I hurt you. And I didn't know what I was doing. Um, you know, as, as they said, forgive, forgive him as he knows not what he is doing. And um, uh, I'll be able to say to those people, and then Jesus just rocked my life. And I made him first and foremost and preeminent in my life. And now we're in heaven together. So, yes, it gives me solace to know that there's vengeance. But even for the worst person in the world, the worst people, um, I won't go back in history and name Saddam and Hitler and those people. I'll name, you know, just think of anybody presently, personally to you or uh, a political leader in the world or whoever. I pray that they come to Christ more than anything, more than vengeance. I want them to come to Christ so we can be in heaven together, even the worst of the worst. That's what God wants us to do. And it says, go and pour out the bowls of, of the wrath of God on the earth. These bowl judgments are like amplified versions of the trumpet judgments. And the purpose of this is to turn unbelievers to him. The only thing that keeps you from heaven is not repenting of your sin. It's not what you do that gets you to heaven, but what you don't do. You can't do works to earn your way to heaven. It's simply based on the grace of justification through faith and repentance. That's it. So simple, yet so deep. Vengeance is for God, not for us. The only vengeance that we can offer is forgiveness. Right? Let's pray for our enemies. Let's pray for those who offend us and who oppose us. Let's forgive them 70 times 7 when they ask for that forgiveness. Right? If someone hurts us and we forgive them, that helps us, but it doesn't change their standing. If they ask our forgiveness, then it helps us and it helps them. And it's the same thing with God. God wants to forgive us, but he is, you have to ask him for that forgiveness. And then he fully forgives you. And then you have the right standing with God. You are declared righteous at that moment. Lord, thank you for Revelation. It's just such a deep and powerful, impactful book of the Bible. All the books are incredible, and they each have their own angles, and they each have their different application in our lives at various times. Help us to be still and understand what you're saying. Speak to us, Lord, if there's an area of concern in our life or an area of doubt or something we don't understand about the Bible or Revelation. Lord, we pray that you would reveal such to us. Give us strength. Give us courage. Give us the ability and desire, the knowledge and the wisdom and discernment to know your word, to apply your word, to apply it in a way that honors you and to glorify you above all and to put you above ourselves and others above ourselves. That is how we glorify you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. 
Thank you so much for listening to Daily Verse by Verse. We want you to be prepared in season and out of season to study the whole counsel of God so that you can share with people who Jesus is through your actions so that you have the right to tell them who Jesus is so that they can come to know Jesus or come to know Jesus better. We strongly encourage you to share this message, this podcast on your social media, Facebook, Instagram, message, email someone who you think could benefit from it. It's an easy way for you to go out and witness to the world just by sharing this podcast. We hope you'll join us tomorrow. Have a wonderful day.